Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, your castle brother from another mother. This is your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. This is AJ Orsini, and I don't know if you can tell. I don't know if you can listen to it right now, but the audio quality of this show has changed. That's right. Your boy's invested in some brand new equipment still tinkering with it a little bit matter of fact gonna adjust a smidge to the left yes absolutely this is your boy aj orsini i am bequeathing on to you episode 57 and i have been dabbling with some names here uh we just had last week our one year anniversary spectacular I was live on uh, MESNradio.com. Please continue to pay attention to that website. A lot of cool things happening in the podcast slash sports world over at MESN Radio. And uh, we were live last week, and we had a great turnout. A lot of calls, a lot of people interacting with the show, a lot of shares, a lot of downloads. Um, The night after I put the show up, on Podbean for you guys to enjoy, and you guys uh, definitely showed out and enjoyed. You guys definitely sent some positive feedback my way, and uh, got a chance to, a lot of people, I guess because it was the 6 o'clock thing, a lot of people who normally listen to the show did not get a chance to listen to it live. Uh, apparently, I've got a lot of people who listen to this show on their own time, which is fine with me. I love it. If you cannot catch the show live, you're not hurting my feelings what hurts my feelings is when you don't listen at all when you don't listen at all it hurts my feelings but i'm happy to say there are a lot of people who have been listening to the show so once again thank you guys for that but i've been dabbling with names because this episode episode 57 will now be the beginning of year two or season two that's what i've been dabbling with here uh, I, I When I first originally decided to do the podcast, I was not intending to do weekly for the whole year. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the original plan was I was going to do uh, I was going to do seasons. I was going to do installments. I was going to go, what was it, uh, beginning of August, so build up to SummerSlam all the way to, to WrestleMania weekend, take the break. Uh, and then I was going to figure it out from there and just do it in installments because I just didn't think I would have the time nor the interest of doing a weekly episodic, as the WWE says all the time, weekly episodic podcast. Uh, but that has changed over time. Clearly, I have fallen completely in love with this job, so I will continue to do it for as long as I am physically able and for as long as there is a general interest in me doing it. Uh, like I said last week, 
Uh, I was on emsnradio.com. A lot of people were still having some trouble with the live stream with that. My wife included. She did not get a chance to hear the show live. She ended up listening to the show uh, separately. So I know for a fact there were some people who were having some issues with the website. I apologize for that. It's my first time using it or being a part of it. So um, definitely some kinks to work out. I did not know. There were a lot of things happening that day that I didn't get a chance to address. Everything was such a hurricane that day. Um, I leave my job at 3 o'clock, and the place that I was going to was Hasbrook Heights in New Jersey, which is not exactly a path train away from where I am, which is the city. I'm, I'm, I live in Brooklyn, and it wasn't exactly a hop, jump, and a skip. Uh, it took a while to get there. I had to take a train from uh, about midway Brooklyn to Port Authority, catch a bus from Port Authority into Jersey a certain amount of way, and then I had to get out and take a second bus. So it was a train and two buses to get to the studio location, uh, which was worthy for me. I was cool with the idea of doing it because I knew when I got there I was going to get a chance to do some really cool shit and be a part of something awesome, and it, which I was. So it was totally worth it. But it was a pain in the ass to get there, and what made everything worse is it was fucking pouring rain the entire fucking time. And for those of you who are listening to the sound of my voice, if you've never been to New York City during a, a, either a snowy or a rainy fucking day... Um, it makes hell a whole lot worse. It's already hell to travel in this godforsaken hellhole of a fucking city. But when it rains, there is a, a, a level, just a film of mild retardation that happens to people behind the wheel of a vehicle when it rains here. And they all of a sudden have lose the ability to operate a motor vehicle responsibly and or cautiously. And it just causes all kinds of mayhem. So what should have been... According to my GPS, when I started the trip, a 90-minute process, uh, it turned into a, a, a two-hour and change episode here. And by the time I got to New Jersey, when I, by the time I got to the studio, uh, I'm supposed to go live at 6 o'clock. I got to the studio about 5.15, 5.20. So a little hectic. There's sound checks. There's equipment checks. There's, you know, we have to go over the format of the show. There's a lot of things that go on. Um, luckily, because of the you know, because of the traffic, I got time on the bus to do a little research, a little recon, do a little extra work for the show, which is the one positive I can take from this. But it was kind of a pain in the ass to get there. I do own a car. I do drive. But it's the midday, or should I say it's midweek, Thursday. So my wife needed the car to go pick up our son and do what we need to do, which is why I had to take the old-fashioned public transportation. Now, when I left the studio, it was later at night. So the trip home was... Just ridiculously fast. It was ridiculously faster than what it took to get there. But getting there was kind of a chore. So there was a lot of things um, that I had on my format sheet in front of me that I did not get a chance to get to. There were just so many things that I was doing, um, or that I wanted to do, I should say, that I did not get a chance to do for the anniversary show. That's why this episode is entitled One Year Anniversary, the bonus footage because uh, I have some things here in front of me that I was supposed to do and supposed to say at the one-year anniversary but did not get the chance to do. So that's why this particular episode is actually a little bit shorter um, because I'm prepping for something pretty huge as well, which I'll get to after uh, this first segment here. I'll explain what's coming up because it's coming up this week. Uh, I have an announcement to make for this coming episode and... Uh, and, and and it's 
pretty big. It's pretty huge. So I'm going to leave it at that, and, and I'll get to that later. But right now, let's get into some of this bonus footage, some of this bonus stuff. So once again, I want to take the time to thank you guys for tuning in to that episode, the live episode. Uh, it was a ton of fun to do. Ton of fun. Ton of fun. I, I said it on the show that there was a little bit of nerves. It was never... There was no nerves for the actual show. I don't get nervous before I perform. I don't get nervous before I have to speak in front of people or to do a podcast or whatever the case may be. I'm a very sociable person, like extremely. So I never get nervous for those things. I was just nervous that people would take the information because I knew there were going to be a lot of people listening to my show for the first time. And I just wanted them to get a good impression of the show. So I put a little pressure on myself to really come out there and... Seem very personable and, and interesting and, and do a bunch of different things. That's why we had the raffle. That's why we had the give, the ticket giveaway. That's why we had segments and phone calls. I mean, it was uh, a pretty hectic episode. Considering what, norm, what goes into a normal episode, it, it was definitely two or three times more work than all the other ones. But totally worth it. I got an episode out of it that I can share that I'm super proud of. Uh, apologies again for those of you who listened on Podbean and didn't get a chance to catch the live feed. Uh, during the conversion, there was a little bit of an issue at the beginning of that file. You guys missed maybe like the first two or three minutes. It was just an opening stuff. Uh, but that's pretty much what you guys got on Podbean was pretty much the episode. So uh, I just I wanted to apologize because it's the one episode that doesn't have uh, the proper intro to it. So just want to let you people know I did not skimp on the intro. I just it got cut off in the conversion and, and there wasn't really not much we can do. Uh, but we made chicken salad out of that chicken shit, my friend. And we got ourselves a nice little episode out of it. So let's get this stuff out of the way. The bonus food stuff. First and foremost, there were a lot of people who are a part of the process for this show and for myself personally in my career. Um, and my life as a person, genuinely, that I did not get a chance to discuss and thank. Obviously, there's the obvious ones. Obviously, Stephen James got a huge thank you on the show for not only being a part of uh, the live podcast and, and getting me the the venue in which to do to accomplish my dream there. But he's pretty much been a part of the process since the beginning. As a matter of fact, even after the live spectacular, um, there was a discussion between me and him where he helped me once again with the equipment you're listening to me from right now. Um, so he's a huge part of that. And I did I did thank him on the show. And I did thank my family, my wife, my mom, my brother, my two sisters. Uh, they're a huge part of literally everything that I do. So I, I did get a chance to thank them. As a matter of fact, my brother and one of my sisters called into the show. So... It was definitely that that was pretty cool, you know, getting your family to call in for for your show. That that's something that uh you just can't buy that shit, folks. You know, I don't know how many times you invite people to shows and family just never seems to really come through for you, but I've never had that issue. Never had that issue. My family has always uh been there for me and I've always tried to be there for them and and it's a very tight-knit group. Very tight-knit group, so I'm very happy, very proud of that. But those those are people that I did get a chance to thank. Um, I want to spend some time real quick just thinking uh, a few people and a few places. I'm going to start with the with the people here. A gentleman who has to get some sort of props here. I'm going to give him his thanks. I know he's probably not going to listen to this podcast. He's got a lot of things going on right now, personally. But uh, a gentleman by the name of Sin. Uh, it's his work name. I'm not going to give his regular name. It's his work name. Sin, Sin is huge in my career because, in all essence, um, whether he likes to take credit for it or not, he he's one of the reasons my career even began. Um, I told you guys the story. The world famous Maximo Brothers, the SAT, they started a company way back 2011, and um, 
they were looking for a guy to come in and, and basically do some talking. They had a full roster of wrestlers. They just needed a guy to come in, host the shows, uh, maybe do a little ring announcing, maybe a little, little commentary, just basically an, an on-air personality that can control the situation and explain storylines and stuff. And uh, and uh, Sin, along with another buddy I'm going to thank in a second, uh, just kept pitching my name. And I wasn't doing anything in the business at that time. I was home, uh, convalescing, if you will, licking the wounds, trying to feel better about myself. Um, and they just kept pitching and kept pitching and kept pitching until eventually they got me in the door, and then they had to pitch to me because I was at home. <laughs> I wasn't really that interested in doing anything. I kind of soured on the business at that point, and uh, they really motivated me to get off my ass, or, or he did. He was one of the, the top guys that did that, and and I did. I listened to him because he's Sin, and Sin always knows best, uh, and he was right again. I think if Sin had a dollar for every time somebody told him he was right, he'd be in Donald Trump territory. He's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met in the business. And um, for him to have gotten me off my ass, I totally appreciate it, and I thank him for that. And I didn't get a chance to thank him on the live episode, but I want to thank him here. Uh, two guys that I definitely want to thank, my, uh, my broadcast boys brethren, a little broadcast stable I was a part of, Matthew Ryan, who I did mention on the show, and the authentic Brandon Lewis, who's been on the show, uh, I'm assu- I think it's been about two or three times, actually. Three times, actually. He, I think he's done two roundtables, and uh, he did the comic book episode with me. And uh, he's one of my best friends on the planet, period, end of story. He 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 backyarded with me. He he uh, joined the business with me. He, he lived life together. He's He's one of the few friends. Actually, I think he might be the only friend now that I think about it who's babysat my, my, my son, both as an infant and as a toddler he is now. Um, we, we have a long-standing history, and he's always been support, supportive of my career, and I appreciate him. I love him in a very homosexual way. I love, I love Brendan Lewis. He is, uh, he's the man. He's, he's just now uh, venturing into some new career stuff. Super proud of him and his progress. But I wanted to thank him verbally on this show because I think it deserves to be said. Um, how great an individual he really is and how important he is to my life. I know we don't chat all the time, but that's true friendship, right? You, you cannot say shit for like two years and then go right into it, which our friendship has tested. We went, I think, two or three years without saying a shit to each other because of uh, an incident that happened between me and a, a girlfriend that he had back in the day, and we just started talking out of nowhere, and it was like we never, it was like we never stopped talking. And uh, right around that time, as a matter of fact, is when he got me. He, Brandon, and P, uh, uh, Brandon and Sin are the two people who, who, uh, who got me back into this business. So, uh, Eric Cooper and Evan Arno. I need to mention these two gentlemen specifically. I, I've spoken to them privately. I actually have some plans in the works to possibly get them on the show because I think it's something that I think these are two guys you really need to hear from. They're ringside photographers. They've been ringside photographers my entire career. Uh, a lot, maybe somewhere in the 80s, a percentage of pictures on my Facebook page pertaining to me being in the ring were taken by these two gentlemen. Uh, they've literally chronicled my entire career and have been the best guys and the best co-workers ever. Ever. They've done this for a long time. I don't even think they get paid to do it. I know they all got day jobs that they're really, really good at. and But they're awesome photographers. And I think they have a ton of stories to tell, to be honest with you. Because I've personally seen them involved with some crazy shit. And I, and I know they have great stories to tell. 
and give you guys a perspective on what it's like to be ringside like that for some of the biggest matches in the world. And, I, and I've seen them personally uh, photograph some of the biggest matches and some of the biggest talent in the world. And I think you guys really need, really do need to hear from these guys because they're really dope and they're really good people. And they've been such a huge part of my career, even now. They haven't been photographing me in a while, but they share the show, they talk about the show, and, and I can't uh, I can't think of enough. Um, Alexander Alexander Paul Green, he called the show. He's one of my best friends in the entire world. That was his best man at his wedding. He's got a child uh, currently being constructed inside of his wife which is a long way of saying he's got a pregnant wife at home. Um, Eric Jaden, Jose Rivera, those are, those are guys that have been listening to the show literally day one. As a matter of fact, they listen to the show so much that whenever I'm around them, all they ever tend to do is argue about the shit that I say on the show, except for Jose. Jose is pretty on board with a lot of shit I say. I'm Now that I'm saying this stuff out loud, I'm probably a closer friend to Jose than everybody else. Fuck you. Because they keep arguing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Eric actually almost, almost broke me on the show. Such nice things to say about me and the things that we've been through together. Ah, emotional times. It was a good time. Good time. Good times. Some of the places I have to give some props to. Obviously, Podbean. I I don't really give Podbean enough fucking credit for what they've done for me as well. Uh, I actually joke on their behalf quite a bit. (laughs) Because they have some issues from time to time. But for the most part, I've been working with them for a year now. I really haven't had too many issues. I can't really complain. Compared to the shit that I hear about other podcasters and the different services that they use. I really don't have too many complaints about Poppy. There's a very underappreciated part of my life that I've never really got a chance to really discuss. And um, I have to give them props here. 1495 Sports, which is owned by uh, Stacey Podolsky. Um, Huge part of my career. Huge, 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 huge. On the video end of it. Uh, Some of those videos you guys saw on my YouTube channel uh uh they, they uh she filmed that she filmed that and and we helped each other out and we went back and forth and doing different things and um huge 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 whenever i would go to shows and cuz some of those shows where i had to do interviews uh i i did them i did them on my own like i brought my own equipment and i and i set up in the back and i would do all these different things um stacy would also bring equipment. So whenever I needed help with something or whenever she needed help with something, we would just totally save each other's asses here. And I, I could not I could not go another episode without thanking her for everything she did for me as well in my career. Thank you, Stacy, very much for helping me and, and I hope to see you soon. I haven't seen her in a while, but I never forgot. And I and I want you guys to know that. Uh speaking of uh Sin 2KW Pro, I have to thank. And the reason why I got to thank 2KW Pro is they they brought the fun back into my career. I'm going to be honest with you. When you're in the wrestling business, you do that shit for fun. You do that shit because you have passion for it. You do that shit because you have a love for it. That's how you start. Over time, when you do different things, that love, that fun, it starts to get a little harder each time. And, and you start to go down this rabbit hole of just, what the fuck am I doing? Thankfully, 2KW Pro came along, invited me in, took me in as family, uh, gave me a voice, gave me a position. Uh, I really went to school on how to put wrestling shows together with 2KW Pro on the promoting aspect, on the 
booking aspect, uh, I went to school on that. Uh, I, I kind of already knew I was already doing things in other companies, but 2KW Pro was one of those promotions where it was a split community, but at the same time, you very much were responsible for certain things. And uh, they trusted me, not only to help put the shows together, but to open the shows and, and try to get that crowd round up and, and really believed in my promo ability and gave me a live mic and just said, go out there and do your thing. And um, and I couldn't be happier about the time that I spent there. It, it wasn't as long as I would have liked, and I think 2KW Pro as a whole not only had potential, but to be honest with you, still has the potential to do something. Um but that's a bridge we'll cross later down the line, and we'll that door to me is is not closed, and it will never be closed. Uh, so we'll we'll see about that. But I definitely wanted to to thank Sin and all the talent that I intervened and worked with at 2KW Pro, and, and thank them for giving me the passion back to to do this. Another company that did that, PWA Pro Wrestling Academy. I cannot say enough. If 2KW was my home, PWA was like. My summer home in 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 the cat in the Catskills. It's like I had such a fun. I had more fun than work at PWA. That family that I worked with with Kara and Yosef um, von Schmidt and the NPCs and Hippy Dippy and all all of all of the great talent that I worked with over there. Um, I miss those guys very much. My my folks out in Connecticut. As a matter of fact, this also PWA is going to come back a little later. Uh, in the show here, I'm, I'm going to be talking about that just a little bit uh, with my announcement. Um, one, one other person I have to thank, and this is the last person. Um, there are more people I have to thank, but I just I don't want to do this whole episode. Uh, El Toro's blogs, Stephen Toro. I have to thank him huge because he pushed the one year anniversary super hard, and I wanted to thank him on the show. But there were so many things happening with the with the, the call-ins, especially toward the end of the show. I was waiting to do my thank yous at the end of the show, and there was just so many, there was call-ins and there was topics and things to discuss. There were so many things, so I didn't get the chance. But Stephen, if you're listening, thank you so much for everything you did for me. Not just with the one-year anniversary special, but you've done things for me in the past as well. I know you give me credit for some things and helping you out. A lot of people tend to, and and that's cool because I enjoy helping people out, but. You you were a huge huge deal um, on my end as well in getting people to talk about the show and, and getting people to tune in. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you and thank everybody who was a part of this process. Uh, our three shirt winners. Thank you for participating. And for those of you who did not win the raffle, um, thank you for participating as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've already been on and on about this too much, but I just wanted to thank you guys. And let you guys know that uh, I did not forget you. I know it didn't happen on the live episode. But I did not forget you guys at all. So thank you guys for that. And that's your bonus footage. Let's get into the actual episode stuff. I'm actually a little behind on time here. Um, let's get a little bit into into the actual topics, the actual shows. Uh, two, two big things happened in my life here over the course of the past week uh, that are not wrestling related. They're both movie-related. As a matter of fact, they're both comic... Well, not movie. One of them's a show, and one of them's a movie. They're both comic book-related, however. So I was asked before the live show if I had seen Venom yet, and I had not at the time. I have now. We're going to talk about that just a little bit. Same thing with uh, the news that Iron Fist has been canceled from the Netflix series. Okay, one I'm happy about. One I'm super happy about. 
Let's see if let's give you a minute to see which one I'm actually uh, I'm actually at with that. One I'm super happy about. One I'm kind of regularly happy about. Well, I'll tell you this: I'm happy about Venom. Despite what you hear online, despite all the critics, despite all the tweets, I didn't think Venom was that bad of a movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I I can understand where people are coming from with some of the critiques, but I just think it's it's too much. It's out of control. What did you just click? Windows just yelled at me, and I don't know why. Do I have a virus? No, no virus. Okay, cool. But... <laughs> Yeah, Venom was not that bad. I thought Venom was really, really cool. Uh, as a matter of fact, I thought it was way better than the fucking Venom that we got in Spider-Man 3. Holy Jesus. You are talking about dropping the ball. Uh, I could totally see them going forward with more stuff for Venom. I thought it, it the one thing that I that I liked is the one thing that I hated about the Venom character, the way they did it. I liked the way he looked. I liked that when he was in full Venom mode, I, it all tall and ripped up and all that stuff. I liked all that stuff. Uh, the powers, everything they displayed, I thought it was good. My problem with the character is like I can't really think of many characters that he's going to face that's going to have a, a pretty even shot of beating him. He seemed pretty OD. <laughs> he seemed like a pretty unstoppable force there, which I know goes... To the Venom character from the comics, he's pretty badass in the comics. But I'm like, he's seemingly really badass here. The host is actually the only thing that kind of weakens a little bit when you think about it. And Tom Hardy, I think, did a, a great job here. Uh, I don't, I get the criticisms. Because a lot of the criticism you hear is story-wise, you know. Oh, what a shitty story that combined so many different things that didn't give it a chance to breathe. And then there were the time that it took too long to get started. I get that. I get it. I do. Those are valid criticisms. I, I just, I enjoyed the film. And I think if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now and you're trying to get my opinion on whether or not you should see it, uh, I think you should see it. At least, I think it's worthy of a shot. If it was complete and utter trash, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I would say so. I just don't think it's complete and utter trash. I think it's a fun movie for what it was. It's fun for what it was. You just, you go in there, you enjoy the movie, and you just follow the ride and see what happens. I'm not a big Michelle Williams fan. So you can get what you can get, you know, you're good with your bad, I guess. I know that people say that she's this great actress, and I don't doubt her skill, but I, I'm not a, a fan of her work. And uh, and that was, would leads me to the other side of it. I am definitely, definitely not a fan of Finn Jones. Nope, 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 nope. You are the reason, sir. You're the reason this show got canceled. And I don't want to hear the bullshit. It wasn't Finn. It was the writing. Listen. The writing staff that wrote for the Danny character wrote for all the other characters as well, and they were just fine, in my opinion. Ward, I thought, had a really good arc with everything that's been going on. Joy, I think, was coming off as a pretty good character. Very complex character for Joy. A little forwards, a little backwards, a little heel, a little baby face. She was kind of all over the map. Obviously, a big on Colleen Wig. Misty's inclusion is a little much at this point, but, you know, it still didn't. It didn't hinder what was going on. Finn is the fucking problem. The dude playing Danny is trash. Garbage. Okay? I am never one to just sit here and just outright call someone's performance and work doo-doo. But that's doo-doo. He literally, he doesn't hold his own weight. It's not like I'm hating on him because 
He's not a spectacular actor. You know, I I wouldn't shit on. Listen, if he walked into a scene with a bunch of great actors and just didn't kill the scene, he just kind of held his own weight and just blod right through it. I'd give him his credit. But he literally destroys scenes when he gets in it. He's such a bitch. And I know people are saying, well, that's the way the character is written. Okay, yeah, but he adds a little bitchness to it. It's like they write a bitch character. And he looks at the script and he goes, how can I make this worse? It's like he's making a conscious effort to just look at the source material and just say, wow, I would really love to fuck this character up as much as possible. It's almost like he made a birthday wish to the birthday gods. And he said, give me the willpower to destroy this show as much as possible. You know, it's like he goes across from scenes from real actors and he says, wow, that was pretty good. Hold my beer. And he just destroys everything that he touches. Everything about that character is fucked. There's nothing remotely identifiable about that character at all. Everyone, as a matter of fact, looks at that character and says, wow, what a bitch. Almost every time. You start rooting for his enemies because he's so shitty. It's like you listen to Davos speak and you listen to Danny speak and you're just like, wow, I really want Davos to beat his ass. There's nothing identifiable about Danny at all whatsoever. That's why I think it's very poetic justice that this show got canceled when it did because the end scene, while the end scene, I'm not going to actually, you know what? I'm not going to give it away because there's some people who haven't really watched the show, but the end scene and the way that the, the, the fist storyline ends, it's perfect. It's perfect. That's the perfect ending to this shit show. There, there, there doesn't need to be any other fucking fixing at all whatsoever. Just leave that shit alone now. Rest it. And I know people are saying, well, the show is canceled, but, you know, there's still going to be Iron Fist. That's fine. I'll take that because you still have to include him in certain things. But goddamn, less is less is more with him. If you could if you can just dilute him almost entirely, that'd be great. Do you get the tone that I'm a little disgruntled about fucking Iron Fist? I liked Venom. Venom was a good movie. Iron Fist, Jesus fucking Christ. It was like dude, the first season I got through it. I got through it with the excitement. You know, because it's a brand new it was a brand new Marvel Netflix show so I got through it and then disappointed like say by the end on this one I had such a low bar that when I started season two it felt to be honest with you like a fucking homework assignment I have to see this because it's part of a bigger thing that I'm trying to keep track of and I kind of I kind of have to see it so we would like literally like in the living room my wife and I will sit here and when we talk about any other series, we're like, oh, my God, why don't you put this on? You know, my wife will be like, oh, my God, we're feeding the baby. Why don't we put Gotham on? Or, or oh, why don't we put Jessica Jones on? Why don't we put Daredevil on? Like, we, we get excited when we talk about these things. Oh, we, we got more Luke Cage to get to, you know, and we would just, and we'll put it on. When we spoke of Iron Fist, the tone would change. It would be like, oh, hey, you want to put on Iron Fist? And then I would look at her in the face and I would go, <sighs> I guess. That's that's how you fucking describe Iron Fist to people. That exact tone, that body language, that death feel. 
That's how you fucking explain Iron Fist to people. That's how that should go. It's a it's the it's a disgusting and soft ass fucking show. It really is. And for anybody to say, Well, I was just finally getting into it. You're lying. You're lying. You're just trying to get on the bandwagon. Stop it. The show was basuda. It was bad. Okay? It was trash. There was nothing about this show at all redeeming in any way. You get nothing out of it, especially the way that show ended. Again, I'm not going to give it away, okay? But it just ended so oddly, and you're like, oh, God, this is garbage. So when I heard it was canceled, man, I damn near ejaculated in my pants. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Now I don't have to lie about it. You know what I mean? It's like people when people ask when you see Iron Fist, it's almost like with shame, right? You're like, yeah, I saw Iron Fist. You know, it's it's when people ask me rank your Marvel Netflix shows, right? Your Marvel Netflix shows. It's like Daredevil, you know, and then it's like Luke Cage. I'm not even giving you the real order. I'm I'm just naming shows. So it's like Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, uh, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Defenders. Which he was what? Which even Defenders wasn't really that good, but it's it's like Defenders. And then you have to start getting into the animated stuff. So it's like Avengers of Tomorrow or like and you just start naming. And by the time you get to like the 13th or 14th different show, because there's like a million of them on Netflix, then you like you sneak in Iron Fist. So it's like at the bottom. Like it's on the list because it has to be. That's what I'm trying to get at. Did I get, did I get the point across yet that I don't like this fucking show? B- trash. Thank you, Netflix, for for because if if they made a season three, god damn it, I, you you know I'd have to watch it. And I don't want to watch it. I don't want to. I don't wanna. So thank you, Netflix, for doing the right thing and putting me in the position where I don't have to. Because dear God, my brain would have melted. Hey everybody, this is your main man AJ Orsini, and I am your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and that's the show where, where I dig into this old brain here, this old cerebellum, and, and pull out the most unadulterated, uncensored thought on just about whatever is rolling around in here, man. We're talking about TV shows, music, comic books, games, movies, all forms of entertainment, and of course, my primary field of expertise professional wrestling if you're down for all that down for interviews with up-and-coming talent down for roundtable discussions down for all that stuff head over to ajoum.podbean.com every wednesday night at 9 p.m got a problem with palm bean no problem with me you can check me out on all kinds of platforms itunes spotify stitcher radio google play music tune in radio app listen notes castbox.fm and now starting right now you can catch me on iHeart. Radio, 15 countries, thousands of downloads. Join the squad of vote today. All right, let's talk a little pro wrestling here. Right? And more specifically, we're going to head over head over the pond and head over to the UK for just a quick second. There's something I got to discuss, and there's a company out there called IPW. That is International Pro Wrestling. And for those of you who, this, who follow pro wrestling very closely, there's a lot of co- companies out in the UK right now that are doing big, big business. It's kind of a hotbed right now. It, it's, I mean, when you think about the UK, I think people most likely think of things like places like Progress or Ref Pro. This company, IPW, is just as big. It's huge out there. I believe this was Drew McIntyre's uh, main promotion when he was out there. They've had a lot of a lot of great guys go through there. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. 
Samoa Joe. I mean, they've got their own legends that come out of there. Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, Doug Williams, Robbie Brookside, yada, yada, yada. There's, there's, there's so many different ranges of talent that have come out of there. They're like a great promotion out there in the UK. And the reason why I'm bringing them up is because they're headed here. They're headed to New York City. They're headed here for WrestleMania weekend. That is April of 2019. And uh, they are going to be here doing their thing, plying their trade. So if you've never had a chance to see this company live, uh, this is your chance here in the States. There's, there's their North American debut. I know New York, it, it gets a lot of these shows. You know, People usually tend to make their debuts here in New York. Selfishly, I live here, so I'm always going to root for that. But uh, for those of you who live at least within driving distance, this might be a show you might be interested in coming to see. Uh, IPW was making a North American debut here in New York City, and they're not doing it in the city. They're not doing it in the Bronx. They're not doing it in Brooklyn. They're doing it in Queens. And another reason, selfishly, uh, why I'm so into this show is who they'll be working with. Um, everyone here knows I have a history with the top promotion here in New York, House of Glory. I worked for them for many, many years. And House of Glory is very much heavily involved in this process. I couldn't be happier for all of them. I, I always come here and tell everybody how proud I am of the, the progress, and no pun intended, uh, <laughs> the evolution that House of Glory, no pun intended, the, uh, <laughs> the moves and the success of House of Glory. How about that? I've always been proud of them and everything that they've done over there, um, and they're doing some big things. And now with IPW coming, they're they're going to be coming in the House of Glory's uh, usual building, Club Amazora, or the NYC Arena over in Jamaica, Queens. Uh, you're going to get a chance to see this, WrestleMania weekend. As, as we get closer, I'm sure they will be uh, announcing card, you know, card information and all that stuff. Uh, the tickets go on sale October 19th. That's why I'm mentioning it now. So you guys get a head start. This is me helping you, okay? October 19th, which is this Friday, you can go to IPWUK.com and check out ticket information for that event. It's the first ever event IPW is doing here in New York uh, in correlation with a lot of different people here in New York. But you're, they're going to be putting on a performance for you guys. You guys are going to want to check this out. I know I don't do a whole lot of indie stuff or or international wrestling stuff on here on the show. That's changing coming up. I'm going to be doing a lot more research on this stuff and bringing you guys some information, especially ones that is pertinent to your everyday. I know I have some listeners out in the UK, um, and and if you feel the need, please chime in here and, and let these uh, Americans know all about IPW. I, I can sit here and, and read off of a website but for those of you who have experienced it, for those of you who have attended, please feel free to use or see these uncensored minds as the vessel in which to educate these people and what they can see on the upcoming show of IPW. I mean, there's so many great crowds. When you go to YouTube and you look up IP, IPW, there's so many great crowds at IPW. And I just hope New York can live up to the billing and uh, and bring a raucous audience to this show. Because IPW, when you look up IPW on paper, uh, not pay-per-view, when you look at IPW uh, on YouTube, there's just a sea. It's a sea of people, and it's just it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. They they have a lot of fun talent. It's super dope, and I hope you guys uh, hope you guys here in the states enjoy it and, and check it out. Uh, I don't work for either company, so I don't need to to shill. Uh, I just thought it was a good opportunity to see, to see some good old fashioned wrestling. 
Uh, nothing wrong with that, right? So I just wanted to bring that information to you. IPW coming to NYC. Head over to IPWUK.com this Friday, October 19th to get your ticket information and find out all you need to know to be there. That is international pro wrestling. Let's get back to a little domestic stuff uh, because there's a lot of shit going on here too that uh, that that all hit pretty much after the live situation. There was one topic that I wanted to touch on the live show that I did not get a chance to touch, and then I put it on the docket to talk about here when I realized also not a good idea. So I mentioned earlier something about an announcement. The announcement is for next week's episode, episode 58. All right, episode 58. Uh, it feels like I've been in the 50s for a while, I guess because so much has been going on in my personal life. It's just, just I'm not going to say it's dragging, but, man, because my I believe my next celebration will be the 100th episode, which is going to be happen before uh, I hit two years. So... Trying to, I, I like celebratory things. I like, I like milestones. I like that stuff. Um, but th- there was something I was going to discuss, and and I decided to to keep it under under the under the radar there, till I can figure out when I can get a chance to discuss it. And I've got the urge to do it now because it's really fucking bubbling. But I'm not. What I'm going to do is going to hold off because I have a special announcement for next week, episode 58. Uh, we're going to do something different on this show, something that many shows do not do. Uh, and there's for good reason, because many shows um, don't either have the interest, which is a shame, or don't think it would work. I think it would work because I trust the people involved. So I'm going to be doing something very, very different. Next week, Orsini's Uncertain Mind will be Ladies' Night. That's right. Next week, episode 58, we're going to talk women's wrestling because what's going to happen is October 28th is the Women's Evolution pay-per-view. I've been talking about it on the show for a few weeks now. I've probably talked about it more than WWE has, which is something we'll discuss. And uh, so next week is October 24th. It'll be the Wednesday before Evolution. So episode 58 will be an Evolution Roundtable. It'll be a roundtable discussion. It'll be a, 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 a bunch of performers currently in the business uh, discussing women's wrestling, where it's come, where it's going, all that good stuff. And, um, and that will be released on the 24th leading up to the Evolution pay-per-view. So it's going to be Ladies' Night on Arsini's Uncensored Mind. I'm super excited about that possibility. I've already had one uh female wrestler on my show i've actually had two um ivy roman from the goat and i've had uh one-on-one interview with ariella nix which uh did really well um you guys really seemed to like her so i got on the horn uh ariella will be back for that roundtable discussion i cannot wait um she's got some things going on not only in her career but if i'm not mistaken also involved with that show evolution ah Maybe. We'll see. Because uh, I tried to make a few phone calls the last time she was here. So maybe maybe we can uh, we can talk about that and see what's going on. Um, we also have some other guests coming on the show. Uh, I don't I don't want to say name names. Like, I already name-dropped Ariella, but I always, like, I don't want to jinx it. You know, I always keep the names to myself until I'm sure that they're here. But I, I trust the other guests that I have coming 
And uh, her name is Kara Scarfo. And the reason why I'm bringing Kara in for this roundtable discussion is uh, she has a unique perspective on the business being a female uh, booker and promoter. There aren't many of them. And there aren't. And if you take that small group as it is, there aren't many good ones. So it makes the group even smaller. Um, so she's a rare breed. And she's got some insight. She's got some experiences, man. I'm telling you guys, you're going to want to hear. So I, I'm trying to hit the women's evolution from all angles. Okay? A female wrestler, a female promoter, and I'm trying to go into uh, a different uh, a different direction with that as well. So uh, there's a lot of different moving parts with that. Still kind of in the larval stage. I have about a little less than a week to get that together. But uh, that's the plan for the next episode. That's the announcement for that. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. A ton of fun. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And you guys are going to get an education, I'm sure. Uh, you guys are going to get an education really quick on what it's really like to be in this business as a female. So if you've got sisters and nieces and, and you've got students, female students who are coming in um, to, to try and become a professional wrestler, uh, this is the episode for them. And, and, and they're going to get a crash course in what it's like to be a woman in the wrestling industry. So I'm super excited about that, and I'm super excited to bring that to you. So um, so, so stay, stay tuned for that, episode 58. I'm trying to get this thing uh, working over here because I, I I got something on my chest. Something on my chest, and uh, and I think it's about that time. So let's 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 really get into this. And let's uh, let's really hash this shit out, okay, guys? And now back to action news five. Our top story tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. That's right. We are gonna get into our top news segment. I told you guys this was gonna be a short episode, man, because there's a lot of stuff I gotta get to. A lot of stuff I gotta do. A lot of stuff I'm prepping. But we're gonna get right into the top news story. In this top news story right now. Uh, entails me getting into my feelings so you're going to need to bear with me on this because this is going to be a very difficult and a very long process and by long i mean at least 15 minutes here because i don't have much time but it's going to be a long process you ready for this we're going to talk morality you ready talk follow me here on this bouncing ball let's talk morality do you know what morality is? I'm not here to preach to you. I'm not here to preach to you. But do you know what morality is? Okay, I'm going to help you out with this. This is, okay, Uncle Sini is going to help you through this. We're going to have the conversation. Okay, morality. Principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. That is the definition of morality. I say again, principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. That is what morality is. Okay? Now, why am I bringing up morality? Because it seems like people overall get to pick and choose when they hear, or excuse me, when they should follow 
the moral compass in their bodies. Some people hold others to very high esteem, and some hold to very low esteem. There are some people you can trust will make this distinction between right and wrong, and there are those who don't. These differ in everyone, folks. And I know I sound like I'm being very general right now. Yeah, yeah, there's some truth to that. I'm being very general right now. But if you're looking for specifics, then look no further than our situation with the WWE and Saudi Arabia. That's right, the WWE and Saudi Arabia. You're looking at the definition one more time. Principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. This goes out the window when discussing business. Business is a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother bag of tricks. Business is a beast all onto its own. And no one, no one, no one on earth circumvents business. The practice of making one's living by engaging in commerce. Business. A person's regular occupation, profession, or trade. These two very rarely mix business and morality. If you're the kind of person of high morale, you hold yourself in high esteem, you hold yourself to a certain standard, more often than not, nine times out of ten, you're a shitty businessman. If you're a great businessman, you make a ton of money, you make everybody around you rich, nine times out of ten, you're very low in morality. I don't make the rules, folks. I'm just telling you what it is. I'm 35 years old. I've been working full-time since the age of 13. That's 22 years of work experience. I've worked in every possible field you can think of. I've done lawn maintenance. I've done construction stuff. I've done security. I've worked in banks. I've done data entry jobs. I've done computer tech. I've done it all. Entertainment business. I've done it all. And all of them have one lowest common denominator. Good business usually tends to follow after low morale. That is the off a basic fact of life. Businessmen, this is why businessmen or entrepreneurs are the one who try to keep a morale high, a high moral base to their company, usually tend to keep it slim. It's like the doctor whose who's whole idea of healthcare is so poisoned, so distraught, so toxic. 
that they end up splitting from a hospital or splitting from a clinic and starting their own practice. It's the same way that a guy who went through the drudgery and the mud and the muck as a lawyer leaves the firm and starts his own practice to like like uh, like like Matt Murdock and Daredevil doing their own thing on the side trying to help the little guy. When you have high morale, you're usually in a spot all to yourself. Because big business, people who make the money, they don't have that little piece of them inside that says this is a wrong thing. This is a bad thing. To be a successful businessman, you have to have something in you that says, I don't care what happens. I don't care what the parameters are. I don't care what the situation is uh, 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 personally or professionally. The goal as a businessman is to make money. That's it. The one with the most toys win, as George Carlin used to say. That's the uh, that's how this works. So things like keeping an eye out for the wrong things or the good things, those things do not exist in the business world. So when WWE, which is a publicly traded company, which is a billion, which is the leader in a billion dollar industry, makes a business deal with a country like Saudi Arabia, and they make that deal a 10 year contract. 10 years. Several shows. When they go to Saudi Arabia and bring the replica belt and take pictures with the prince of Saudi Arabia, they shake hands. Those bloody, bloody hands of the leaders over in Saudi Arabia. And then they go and they put on the show, the first one being the Greatest Royal Rumble, and they share the video packages and they, they spew the propaganda when they say how progressive a city Saudi Arabia is, how beautiful a city it is, how, how great a tourist attraction it is, when they section off a section of floor seats just for the, for the royal family to come and see the show live. They have already exhibited to you they don't give a shit. What happens in Saudi Arabia? Now, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, there was a journalist recently who was murdered in Saudi Arabia. It took a bone saw to him and took their time. Now there's news reports coming out that we might have had it wrong all along because he was killed in Turkey. So they're saying, well, Saudi Arabian government may not have had a role in blah, 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 blah. It's all garbage. It's all nonsense. This story's been going on since the beginning of time. A gentleman knew too much. He needed to be made quiet. They silenced him. End of endo story. That's it. Now, there are people online who will have you believe that based on the death of this individual that a billion-dollar company like the WWE not only has the moral obligation 
but a fiscally business responsibility to cease all business relations with a company like this. But I just told you, the business relationship was founded on this garbage. This didn't just start. Random killings in Saudi Arabia, this isn't new. It wasn't new when WWE signed the contract to begin with. It wasn't new when the President of the United States began its working relationship with Saudi Arabia, not just ours, but the one before him, and the one before him, and the one before that, and the one before that. We're not talking about months. We're not talking about years. We're talking about decades of cooperation, not just through business, but through government, with the country of Saudi Arabia. These killings, these civil rights that are being impeded every day, the treating of women being stoned and beaten in the streets, clinical surgeries, clits being removed, children being taught for war and given AK-47s to patrol the streets, suicide bombings, you name it. They wrote the book on this shit. Countries like Iraq and Iran and all those Middle Eastern countries that go back and forth and fight each other over and over and over. Not a fucking thing new about it. It's a matter of fact, it's an old rerun from a long time ago. And it never stopped business then. It didn't stop it for the WWE when they went to Kuwait back in the 90s. It didn't stop commerce here from publicly trading with that country. It didn't stop oil exchange. The deaths in Saudi Arabia stopped nothing. And these civil rights people standing up for the person who died in Saudi Arabia now... You're not the first ones to have this battle. I'm not going to sit here and say that the previous deaths went uncontested. There were people who stood up. There were people who held our government responsible and put them on the hook for this. You did this, U.S. government. You did this. You should be held responsible for this. And to their credit, there have been a few occasions where the U.S. government stepped up and said, yeah, we are responsible. Shrugged and went about their fucking business. Because at the end of the day... Nobody gives a fuck. That's why I can confidently go on social media and all I type is they're not canceling this show. Well, the senators are going to step in. They're not canceling this show. Well, if they ban the visas from the... They're not canceling this show. Who's banning visas? The government? Who runs the government? That's right, the people who work with Saudi Arabia. They're not canceling the show. Big business does not have high morality. It does not exist. None. And if you think otherwise, if you think big business can be of high moral responsibility, you are a poor businessman. You're a good person. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're a good person. But you're a shitty businessman. Those two don't exist. You cannot be both. You can't be both a billionaire and a philanthropist. It doesn't exist. I know there's billionaires out there who give away money to charity. That's just to to shut people up and, 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 and to keep the flow of positive press coming in. No billionaire wants to part with free money. None. 
They don't even see it as donations. They see it as uh, uh, investments in their own PR so they can keep making money because they have the good faith of the people. That's what that is. That's not morality. That's not responsibility. That's obligation. Those are different. That's why I sit here confidently, and I don't argue with people. I just copy and paste the same shit. That show ain't getting canceled. It's going through. And then people were like, "Who's gonna Raw's gonna be interesting this week?" Because uh, now we have to see uh, whether or not they continue to um, to 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 push uh, uh, the product. Are they even gonna promote? Um, are they even gonna promote Crown Jewel at this point? And yes, they are. Yes, they are. What was the first thing you saw when Monday Night Raw started? A graphic reminding you that DX is reuniting against the Brothers of Destruction and Crown Jewel. And then we did World Cup qualifiers. They're not canceling the show. Nothing's happening to the show. The show is going on as normal. Well, the talent doesn't really want to go to Saudi Arabia. Irrelevant. You sign a contract with me? I have a deal with Saudi Arabia. You're going to Saudi Arabia. You don't have to stay there. If you want to fly in, do the show, and leave, that's up to you. But you're doing the show. Because I'm your boss and I said so. This is what we're doing. If you don't agree with the politics of it, then take your political unemployed ass out of here. It's unfortunate. It really is. But that's life. There's a lot of shitty things I've uh, people that I've worked for has done. You got to do them. If not, if you choose not to, if your morality is is forcing you from completing this task that's asked of you, I salute you. High morality makes you a great person. That's that's the type of shit you can't buy. A person who knows it's the wrong thing and refuses to do it, I salute you. I really do. I'm not even insulting you. I think it's a good thing. But it's a bad business decision. Bad one. And the WWE is not in the business of making bad business decisions. So, show's going on. Now, if you want to tell me that because of increased increased pressure that they'll revisit the contract and maybe we work something where it's less years or maybe less shows, that's one thing. But if either of those equate to less money, they're not doing it. They go to the prince and say, hey, listen, there's a lot of heat coming. Is there any way we can get this 10 change to a 5? Even if the prince agrees, oh, yeah, sure, we'll drop it down to 5. That's half, right? Okay, so you get half the money. They're not going to agree to that. Why? Bad business. You already have a deal inked for X amount of dollars. It's the most money you're going to get from them. Not only is it great money, it's money from a market nobody else is getting money from because everyone else is being too proud. High morale. I don't want to work with Saudi Arabia. Fuck that. Cool. I'll work with them. I'll take all that money to myself. And then I'll come back home into that market and I'll make money there too. You don't become a multi-billion dollar business by sitting around and wondering if these people are good people or not. You make billions of dollars by sitting around wondering who are the money makers and how do I get to them. That's how that goes. So I wanted to have that conversation with people. It's, it's, it's involving a wrestling company, but it's not really a wrestling discussion. It's a morality deal very simple there's a right thing there's a wrong thing you shouldn't do business with people who are killers and murderers and 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 find themselves uh 
at the back end of history here. You know, they're not exactly the best people in the world. But you know what? To some, they're just fine. And to businessmen, they're way more than fine. They're, they're very, very, very valuable assets. Because morality or no morality, they're in the business of making money. And Saudi Arabia's got a ton of that. That's what happens when you're one of the highest providers of one of the most valuable substances on the planet. It'll be like if T'Challa was a dickhead, but he had vibranium, right? So he's a dickhead, and he kills people, and he murders people, and he, he rules with an iron fist, but, you know, he's not that bad of a guy, right? He's got vibranium. He's cool. It's a very similar concept here, but he's got something I want, so smile, bitch. Dance, monkey. The way That's the way that it's going to always be, folks. Get on board with that. If you want to judge people on their business decisions, you got to get rid of that get rid of that morality complex you got. Got to. So, that's me setting the record straight on that. Those are my two cents. I'm telling you guys right now, this is why I speak so confidently on it. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing and of course, thank you for enjoying next week ladies night all women's roundtable in celebration of evolution so catch you next week with episode 58 anybody has listen to my daddy so listen to the SMI.